0: What is extremely powerful is to be thankful. And that can be for anything, you know, it can be for your family, it can be for close friends, it can be for really small things, but just get into the habit of being thankful for the things that happen in your life is something extremely powerful. I'm just incredibly curious and I just love to do, different things give me different energy. And, and I guess that's why, as you mentioned, I'm wired and you know, I'm, I'm easily triggered to start new things.
1: Welcome to 14 Minutes of SAS, the show where you can listen to the stories and opinions of founders of the world's most remarkable SaaS scale-ups. This is part one of a two-part series I conducted outdoors in Tech Open Air Berlin with Mike Reiner, who's the co-founder of City AI and venture partner at Open Ocean. He talks about his life as a founder, investor, and advising companies like London-based Scoro, a business management software for collaboration and projects, sales, and reports, and Israeli-founded Verbit.ai, smart AI technology to disrupt transcription and captioning. He also compares Amsterdam with Berlin as startup hubs. It's great to meet you. Thank you, great to be here. You've had a, 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 quite an interesting past. Tell me a bit more.
0: So I was born in Hamburg, Germany. I've got a German father. Uh, moved to the Netherlands when I was a young teenager. Uh, I have a Dutch mother. Um, so I, I always say I feel much more Dutch than I feel German. I think the, you know, the, the Dutch culture has shaped me more than the German culture. Um, then, like, I went to study, uh, like, it's called information science, which is basically a mix of computer science and business. Uh, so, like, uh, the bachelor was a lot of computer science, and the master was primarily focused on business. Um, and, I mean, already during my study, like, uh, you know, I tried up different things. Um, Back then like we did a bit of consulting uh, you know just earning a bit of money on the side um, started some projects back then uh, I think one was one was interesting which had nothing to do with uh, with money um, which called partnering. We uh we, we we just thought like people look miserable going to their work I thought I you know, would like to change that a little bit so we started a simple website um, where we just started doing what we called happy action of the day just to do something to make another person smile and trigger yourself you know to do something fun uh, next to work and the serious stuff you might be doing uh, so we started that and then at a, you know a few months in we ended up having five columnists writing for us uh, like daily, daily articles on, on you know related to happiness and, and, and lifestyle that was a lot of fun um, so that was something I did do my studies then I started Something called Clink, which was initially I wanted to match people based on similar interests, um, which went then kind of pivoted into um, the idea of helping expats in a new city to you know, meet each other and cool events. It so would have a map view where you could see what's happening around you. There were, you know, there could be commercial events and private events and Again, I mean, back then we just tried stuff out, and uh, and it was a lot of fun as well. But like, uh, nothing commercially interesting <laughs> back then. And then I, I joined um, joined a corporate. I joined IBM. So I uh, worked basically strategic outsourcing and M and A for, for a while, and basically working first projects that get different entities together and trying to figure out how that fits. And then later, like also new deals and like uh, you know big global deals that you that you're working on in the team. Did crazy due diligence in like African countries where I went to countries like Gabon and and had to interview people there to check you know for merger to find out like. Um Things like, you know, how the business, you know, it, obviously how sustainable the business is, but also how secure the data centers are. And you would walk there and you would just find the cleaners lying on the floor with open doors in the service where there's customer data and there would be water on the floor where the cables would be go through and you would look at it and say, okay, wow, this is a, <laughs> this is a multinational company, you know, a global company with um, with this kind of data centers. It was, you know, it was, um, it, was it were good times. Um, and then, uh, there was a program called Extreme Blue where uh, was where I was just involved on the like, side of it I was a business mentor there and I helped a bit of setting it up as well, which was a bit similar to an accelerator. It was a three-month program to match students um, with innovative corporates, to write a business plan and develop a prototype within three-month time. And then I kind of thought about hey that would be really cool to do with starting businesses right Start thinking a bit more about accelerators and I researched it a bit and and then I had an Estonian girlfriend and um, moved to Tallinn Estonia back then Um, and I got in touch with local investor there and another guy from London um, and you know started an accelerator called Startup Wise Guys and I um, I managed it for close to three years so we like initially it was a like technology agnostic later we rebranded to business tech so only b2b focused very similar to tech stars you know like uh, initially we had 15,000 euro tickets three month mentoring brought a lot of mentors over from london and other cities and anyway so i invested in roughly 30 companies um, with accelerator then like uh, got a new team in place now um, we're also in riga and like we're Made more than 80 investments uh, with accelerated by now. Wow. It um, was ha- a lot of fun.
1: Happiness seems to be the theme of the day. I interviewed Isiad Ferreras, the, the COO of Hustler, uh, today, and he actually uh, came up with the idea of World Happiness Day oh, wow. and got it approved by the UN while he was traveling around India. Yep. So yep. Uh, there seems to be a focus on happiness, probably apt it, for, for Toa, I'd say. Important topic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, from speaking with you at the amazing toa party last night and just today, you're very you've you a very relaxed demeanour, yet you're, you've got the stressful kind of daily task of three separate um, projects, big projects. Um, is this how you're wired, or do you meditate, or do you take long walks? How do you how do you stay the way you are? So, centered?
0: Um I'm not always like this. Uh, okay. It fluctuates, but you know, so there's maybe different sides to it. One. Um, I, I, do, I do meditate, like too little, but I try to stay in the habit of, of uh, doing this more or less on a regular basis. I don't manage every day, but you know, I try to do that every week at least, um, and I have periods where I manage every day. I think meditation is extremely powerful. I think something, I'm not sure I could say related to this, but in terms of mindfulness is, what is extremely powerful is to be thankful. And that can be for anything you know it can be for your family it can be for close friends it can be for really small things but just get into the habit of being thankful for the things that happen in your life is something extremely powerful um and how you balance this then with with you know your professional work is i guess there's two sides to it one is i always recommend people to focus and i don't do it myself as you mentioned <laughs> i do different things so i don't i don't eat my own dog food in that sense but i i just i guess i I'm just incredibly curious, and I just love to do different things. Give me different energy, and and I guess that's why, as you mentioned, I'm wired in. I'm I'm easily triggered to start new things. Up to recently, you advised an Israeli company that seems to be a hyper growth SaaS scale-up
1: called VerbIt, um, and they're doing live transcri- they're transcribing text live from
0: videos and audio. Um, how was that adventure for you? It's an incredible team. Uh, so so Tom the founder and CEO, he's a friend of mine, and um, we were actually brainstorming at the very beginning. He was just finishing another venture, went through Techstars and uh, wanted to start something new. So we were brainstorming and then then he went off to to start Verbit um, very, v- with a very talented tech team. Um, so they built like really good algorithms to do like video audio to text transcription and they built a marketplace around this. So that means, you know, their system is doing the transcription automatically and then the marketplace of human transcribers correct um, the transcription to get it up to 100% accuracy. They're now also going into live captioning um, and they have been growing like crazy. I mean, it's unbelievable. The company is less than two years old. Um, they've raised 11 million. They uh, are growing like crazy. And I mean, the CEO is an incredible hustler, incredible business guy, right? I mean, he's just yeah. going after customers and, and.
1: I suppose with all the data and the learnings over time, uh, the the algorithmic part could could uh, almost completely take over at some stage.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that that'll take that'll take some time. You know, to really get to one hundred percent accuracy, it's always the first eighty percent is relatively easy, right? The last twenty sure. that's the hard that's the hard part. Um, but what's really interesting with the human, I mean, with with the transcribers, they're essentially. Educating the system, right? They're training the algorithms. So as the transcribers are correcting, the algorithm learns, absolutely, um, and, and gets better and better and better. So Again. it's uh, it's it's a very interesting play. So it's moving to 90, 93 percent. Yeah.
1: Uh, you are chairman and head of business development in Scoro, uh, which is also rapidly scaling, and it's a, a, a SaaS for SMEs and especially I think they focus on professional services. Yeah. Um, I'd love to know more about that company.
0: Yeah, um, so so Score is build a platform for, as you mentioned, professional service companies, meaning companies that build time um, to manage their company in one place. So they're called business management platform. Um, so essentially with Score we enable people to, you know, everything from the first customer interaction where it's sales all the way to invoicing, put all in one place. And also we have integrations with, you know, the the big. For instance, like finance, it's zero or QuickBooks, and save so all the data in one place. It's always a problem with all the fragmented data all, all over, and you can manage everything in one place. Extremely good dashboards where you exactly see you know what's happening in the company, who's doing what. Um, they, you know, scroll. We go deep on time management. so We can see in a very granular level wh- where people spend time. We can adjust and learn from this. Um, so it, it's it's I think you know it's it's a it's a platform play where. Right now, it's such a fragmented market and people use still a lot of Excel sheets and a lot, like, a lot of different niche tools. We I mean, companies use 10 plus different tools, you know, and uh, next to the data being all in different silos, also just the switching costs are very high. Um, and that's that's what we're trying to change with Scoro. So you're involved in three levels with uh, artificial intelligence,
1: AI, um, but before we get onto that, yeah. uh, I'm just, just curious to know uh, how does Berlin, And Amsterdam compare? They're obviously two great places uh, with a lot of energy, amazing cities culturally, but also great startup hubs. How would you compare them? What are the pros and cons between the two?
0: Um, Berlin is bigger than Amsterdam. Berlin is is scrappier than Amsterdam. I think the main difference and I would say is Amsterdam is a great place for B2B startups. Why? Especially B2B enterprise and that's because a lot of HQs of big companies are, you know, like the headquarters in Amsterdam or in the Netherlands for tax reasons, right? The, the Netherlands has a great tax climate for corporates, um, so it's a great place for, you know, B2B enterprise uh, startups because you know the customers are close, right? Absolutely. Uh, plus uh, the the airport Schiphol is a very, I mean, one of the best airports in Europe, uh, so very easy to travel anywhere, extremely well connected, and and Amsterdam is a fantastic city, and it's also the Dutch culture it's very entrepreneurial right so it's a very entrepreneurial country it attracts a lot of expats so Amsterdam, i think is a fantastic hub uh, but obviously much smaller than berlin berlin in turn i think is a great b2c hub right traditionally with rocket internet um, you know who have done a lot of b2c if skilled a lot of b2c startups and they have created a lot of spillover uh, talent right that you know the left rocket internet started their own companies so Rocket Internet has been a massive, massive boost for the, for the local ecosystem. They went and did something incredible and I think it's kind of funny that they're uh,
1: kind of disliked uh, in some quarters in Silicon Valley because at the end of the day, so many great companies from Europe and great founders and great talent are sucked into Silicon Valley. So I think it's fair enough really, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Next episode, in the concluding half of the interview, Mike will talk about founding City.ai, a non-profit focused on democratizing the design, development, and use of artificial intelligence. He'll also talk about how educational life as a VC can be and how he assesses whether or not founders will be successful. You've been listening to 14 Minutes of SAS. Thank you to Ketsu for music provided under a Creative Commons license. This episode was brought to you by me, Stephen Cummins. If you enjoy the podcast, please don't forget to share it with your network, subscribe to the series, and give the show a rating.